0: Hello, my name's Melody. Welcome to my podcast only for your ears. I would like to give a brief introduction on why I'm starting this podcast. I've always been interested in how fairy tales mirror everyday people's lives. So I thought I'd take a look and see how I could compare and contrast stories that fuel our imagination while giving us deeper meanings and life lessons. In this segment, I'm going to take a look at the tale of the Ugly Duckling, a favorite of the Hans Christian Anderson's collections. So let's start with the structure. First, I'll do a brief consolidation of the story where I'll focus on the main points. Second, I'll present my critical reflection on how the ugly duckling plays in society today. And thirdly, I'd like to talk about the trigger points I saw running through this story and how they affected me. The summary. It was a glorious summer's day and the mother duck sat in anticipation of her ducklings to crack and hatch which were carefully hidden in the woods beside her. It was a boring job, but worth it, when she heard the ducklings coming out of their shells. The ducklings seemed surprised at the huge world they had entered, but the mother duck told them that this wasn't the whole world. All the ducklings had hatched, except for the biggest one. One egg hasn't hatched yet, said the duck it will not break but just look at all the others aren't they the prettiest ducklings you ever saw they are the image of their father who is so unkind he never comes to see at that moment an old duck appeared and told the mother duck the big egg is probably a turkey and that she should leave it, because little turkeys only cause trouble. But mothers are well known for their love and dedication, so she decided to wait until the last one hatched. The mother duck was very shocked at how very young and ugly the duck looked. I digress, people, supermodel reference. This reminds me of an ugly, awkward child at school going through the transition between puberty and a young adult to become the world's supermodel only two years later. Despite that, the duck entered the water and started swimming. That made the mother duck happy because she knew that turkeys couldn't swim. The mother duck took her ducklings to the older duck because they had to bow down to her and receive the highest honor, the red patch tied around their leg. It was a sign the ducklings didn't want to lose the newest member and it also made them stand out amongst the other animals and plants. While the ducklings were approaching the old duck, the duckling started to complain that about how ugly the duckling was, and one of one of them even hit him. But the mother protected him. Soon, the other ducklings started to pick on him. Not only the ducks, the chickens, and the turkeys too. The duckling did not have it easy. And as the days passed by, it got harder. They even started to call him a freak. I digress again, people. People don't know how to deal with someone or something that is different. They tend to have a visceral reaction to the person. But that visceral reaction is really the fear that they feel within themselves as they look at the person. It has nothing to do with the person themselves. It has to do with the person that is feeling the fear because that person is different from then, and it brings out their insecurities. The other Dublin had had enough and finally stepped up and decided to run away from the humiliation and the sufferance. Soon he realised that loneliness wasn't easy either. I digress again. Yes, but it most definitely beats the constant toxic environment of being haunted. He got hungry, thirsty, and soon he confronted some hunters and their dogs. He spent some time at an old lady's house, but they were also expecting the ducks eggs to hatch. So he was called unnecessary there. That made him want to run away again. I digress. Could you imagine being rendered useless? just because you can deliver X. And the ris- disrespect, he refused to swallow, the disrespect rejected onto him, not the respect, the disrespect. So he left, good for him. I believe I must go out into the world again, said the doctor. Yes, you do, said the hen. So the doctor left the cottage, and soon found water on which it could swim and dive, but was avoided by all other animals because of its ugly appearance. When the year and time of childhood passed and the duckling finally grew up, he grew into the most beautiful swan, the most beautiful swan in the whole flock of swans but what did he see in the clear stream? His own image, no longer a bird, ugly and gray and disagreeable to look at, but a graceful and beautiful swan. To be born in a duck's nest in a farmyard is of no consequence to a bird if it is hatched from a swan's egg. He now felt glad at having suffered sorrow and trouble because it enabled him to enjoy so much better all the pleasures and happiness around him. But the great swans round the newcomer and stroked his neck with their beaks as a welcome. He finally met happiness after all the problems, he knew how to appreciate the beautiful moments that fate finally gave him. A critical reflection on how the ugly duckling plays in society today. I think the story of the ugly duckling really refers to the need for society to accept Yes, acceptance is key. Accept people for who they are in spite of their differences, whether we are part of a group or not. This doesn't mean we have to give them a big, bare family hug and bring them into our mix. But it's important that we recognize their differences and embrace their similarities. Different doesn't mean weird strange or not normal. It just means not the same as the majority of the group. Just because someone is a replica of who or what we represent, it doesn't mean they should be off the side and treated like an outcast. If we were all supposed to be a one size fit all society, then the universe would have created one human being to represent us all. I can't tell you how many countries I've lived in where they have presented me with a big welcome, bear hug of approval, only to be slapped with a huge wake-up call of not being included. Very much like an orphan waiting for someone to accept them without being met with an ice-cold breeze of rejection. It's interesting how my life has unconsciously mirrored the twists and turns of the ugly duckling because growing up in my family wasn't a joy ride at all. I grew up in a very toxic family as so many of us have. And like most toxic families, there's always a hostile environment which leads to unpredictable relationships high anxiety and a sensation that members within the group can't express healthy feelings. This means you are usually prone to depression, loneliness and isolation with plenty of insecurities to exacerbate this condition. When I was living in Barcelona, I was perceived as an ugly duckling who needed to grow up. Yes, I probably did, but so many of us did. And being normal, whatever that meant. The irony was, I was living in a beautiful city, but was made to feel ugly. Much to my surprise, I was seen as not conforming to the lifestyles or behaviors of society. <clears throat> I was labeled as being. Uh, weird just because I didn't fit in to the Catalan community. There's a great general consensus people assume if you can't, if they can't pigeonhole you or bully you into being a clone of themselves. The odd thing is, we're all born as individuals, but most of us feel a need to belong to a tribe or a community of people where we blend in as opposed to expressing our individualism. It's as if we should feel ashamed of what makes us unique. I was also the black sheep in the family, so being the outsider was nothing new to me. However, I didn't think this feeling of never fitting in would be a permanent shadow that I spent trying to escape from for most of my life. What I eventually learned was that I needed to embrace who I am, just like the ugly duckling. But first, I had to move out of the space of deep self-hatred, which had resided in me, like a lonely tenant, waiting to blend into this toxic structure And just as I started to feel comfortable with my loneliness, I started to feel more in tune with my core where I discovered my real personality. Being the odd one out, I was constantly criticized, which made me feel as though there was something wrong with me. And because our society is made up of tribes, we feel a sense of comfort in being the same. So in groups of people where where if you don't fit in, you usually or automatically are labelled as weird, strange, or a misfit and treated this way as though it's true. Well, it's true for the people that are looking at you from the outside, but it's not true for you the real person. Therefore, people decide that you are something to be feared. This means they project their fears onto you. The weak link. But is really the weak link. And as a result, a vacuum is birthed which needs to be filled. This leaves the ugly duckling open to abuse. Upon reflection, I don't think I was afraid of being hated as much as I was of being abused. Oddly enough, people feel just because they don't fit in like you they feel they have the right to abuse you, which couldn't be further from the truth. This is exactly what the ugly duckling felt when he was forced to leave and to find a place for himself. And yet the ducks chased him after him as though they hadn't done enough. The unspoken truth was and still is today They had to destroy the enemy, the ugly duckling, or anything or anyone else that threatened their insular world. Recognize this? Mainly to devoid this person of life and banish them from existing. Could it be that we live in such an insecure, yet self-absorbed society that we see anybody As different as something to be eliminated like a disease, death. I realised I had spent the better part of my life being a people pleaser and desperately trying to fit in with a tribe of people that was mismatched. I was happy to exist. I was living in the wrong environment just like the the ugly duckling. I can really sympathize with the deep sense of loneliness, yet needing to be a loner, to develop into the person that I, and the ugly duckling was meant to become. Through this realization, I was able to feel more at ease with myself. I was no longer trying to fit into a pair of shoes, two sizes small. With great relief, I was becoming the real me, and it felt good, although I was alone. And now for the triggers. Okay, let's talk about the triggers, what are triggers? And what were the triggers that I saw running through the story? Now a trigger or triggers are like events, emotional, psychological trauma from the past that comes back and makes us change our reality in the present. We start to go backwards instead of remaining in the reality that we are today and continuing forwards. We go backwards into maybe self-destructive habits because we are pulled back into a memory, a memory of something in the past, emotionally, psychologically, or an event in the past that keeps us stuck in hurtful, painful feelings. This is why forgiveness is so important, people. So I want to share with you a little story that illustrates the triggers very well and then will it proceed with my triggers that I saw? There was a man that had just come back from the Vietnam, and he was filled with so many addictions, I can't tell you. He had all types of addictions to drugs and alcohol, and he was on the street. And one day, a man picked him up and took him to get rehabilitated, took him for treatment, helped him emotionally and psychologically to wean off the drugs. And for 20 years, he was living a new life, a great life, until the memory or an event triggered him while he was on the bus. Maybe going to work, maybe just doing a normal everyday job, and he heard the sound, dingy, 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 took him right back from where he left, and he became a junkie all over again. Became a drug addict, and he became a raging alcoholic because the memory of the past had taken out of his reality and brought him back into the past. And then somebody else helped him off the street again and he was rehabilitated again. And this time he was confronted with dealing with his triggers. Now we all have triggers people, but it's not and allowing those triggers to be a bait that takes us back into the past. These triggers, if we recognize them, yes, the recognition of these triggers and say it's a trigger and know how to overcome those triggers. I'll share with you my triggers that I saw running through the story and how I have dealt with them. The ugly duckling took a while to hatch. This reminded me of my imminent birth at the end of June, but I was two weeks late. I didn't want to be born because I knew I was coming into a toxic and hostile family environment. An ugly, manipulative situation was just around the corner. Isn't it amazing? Even a fetus inside its mother's stomach can sense the ugly, emotional, psychological environment that surrounds them on the outside. All my parents were both from Jamaica and had had their first child, my sister, in 1954, and everything was glorious. They'd come off their honeymoon, They loved each other, the stars were in their eyes. But then seven years later, my dad wanted to leave and go back to Jamaica. And my mother sensed that he wanted out of the marriage. I don't blame him myself. He did not want to be married to an undiagnosed narcissistic personality, disordered person, which my mother was. The only person that wants to be married to a narcissist is another narcissist. And so her manipulative self, just like a lot of women had a plan with a capital P. And these plans lasted all for a long time, all the way through the middle of the nineties. And then things changed. A woman could use a pregnancy to trap a man and keep him in his place for a really long time. But somewhere in the 90s, that changed. People said, oh, no, I'm not doing this. And I'm glad that it stopped. And so when I was born, I was born with a capital P, I had a mission. My mother's mission was save this phony fake marriage or else. Well, you can imagine I didn't want to be born, but I did. And when I came out, it was like nice baby that has not been able to deliver and do the trick that I wanted. And it was a trick. And my dad knew it was a trick. And it made him feel bitter angry and resentful. And even though my mother said, oh, your father really liked you, but whatever love he felt for me was tarnished because he was grossly manipulated to stay in a marriage that he didn't want. And so for the longest time, I was looked at the spoiler in the family who broke up this wonderful marriage that could not be repaired. So I felt terribly guilty for being born. And when it came to my birthday, I just didn't, I never enjoyed my birthday because for me, my birthday was a representation that I was born as a failure. From day one, I was born to fail. But after doing work on myself, and I'm telling you, work. You have to invest in yourself, people. If you want to improve, if you want to be the best version of yourself, you have to invest in yourself. So I did. I did some work on myself, quite a lot. And I can honestly say that when my birthday comes around, I don't see myself as a failure anymore anymore. And if that word comes up in my mind, if I start to feel that word, up, it's a trigger. That's not that's not the reality. And I think some people with some people this could help. The second trigger with the mother duck saying that she wished the ugly duckling had never been born. This triggered a moment and a continuous feeling where I had to apologise to my mother for being born or for my very existence. Her response was breathtaking with a pain of silence. She couldn't even answer. She just looked at me and nothing came out of my mouth because she knew what I said was was true, that I constantly had to apologize. Yes, you do, basically. You do have to apologize for your very existence. Look at the sacrifice I made to give birth to you. So I felt that I had to apologize my very existence in my family for being a failure, and I had to apologize in society. I had to apologise for taking up space. I had to apologise for this. I had to apologise for that. I had to apologise, apologise, apologise until one person then said to me one day, Melody, why are you always apologising? You have every right to be here just like anybody else. And this is a difficult one for me. The apology trigger. Where I constantly feel as though I need to apologise. I can say 80% of my... um, Apology now has gone, but there's still 20% that lingers around and taps taps me on the shoulder once in a while. And I go up oh, you just apologize and it was unnecessary. The wild ducklings bullied the ugly duckling even after he had flown away, taught him about how ugly he was. And then it began to feel sorry for him. Oh, with the hope in marrying an ugly female duck. At one stage, coercing the duck to forsake itself and to conform to the influence of the group. This pity in the ugly duckling is a reaction to the duck's inability to be just like the remainder of the group as a failure on his side. I can't tell you how many times, this really triggered me too, I can't tell you how many times I was the world's best people pleaser. I mean, I could turn myself inside out, pretzel. I mean, I did everything that any person could do to transform and be something other than myself. And let me tell you something, being a people pleaser is awful. And what's worse, these people will never accept you anyway. They just want to manipulate you to see if they can control you. It has nothing to do with eventually accepting you into the group. If you do change, if you do please them, because they know deep down that that's not really who you are. That the different person that they see is not a monster but that the person that they see that's different has something unique Solely unique about them that they cannot emulate. And this makes them mad. And this is why they want to attack you. So I spent a lot of my life doing this until it's like I, I say, the spirit just got me one day and said, You are not going to bow down and forsake who you are because being who you are at bottom is perfect just the way you are so this is the end of the three triggers that I saw running through the story and um, well I hope the trigger points help you to see how you can interrupt these and heal from them I'd like to leave you with uh, a little phrase and it's called, it goes like this, I should say. Healing is a lifelong gift we give ourselves, mind, body, and soul. Healing is a lifelong gift we give ourselves, mind, body, and soul. Thank you very much for listening and for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. Blessings to you all. Stay tuned. And if you like the content, give me a thumbs up. It helps with with the algorithms. And if you want to, you can subscribe. It doesn't cost anything except two seconds to press the subscribe button. So take care. Until next time. Bye-bye.